Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Trisha. And on today's episode, we are going to do a deep dive into the U.S. News and World Report's best diets that comes out about this time of year, every year. And so we're going to talk about what and why these diets worked, some of the benefits of it, some of the things that were a little bit harder to follow. But one caveat in this is that I don't believe in dieting. I don't believe that in my history of doing weight loss that diets work for the long term. And so what you'll notice is in the top ones that worked, the top at least the top three that are going to be mentioned here aren't diets. They are basically a a meal pattern and a way of eating. There is no calorie restriction on these diets. There is no um, reduction or a way to avoid certain foods. And so you're going to see that. And so it's going to be more of a diet pattern that works or a meal pattern as opposed to a diet. I know all of you, or probably a lot of you, are still in this phase of having a renewed focus on your health because we're about two weeks into the new year. And so I wanted to explore some of the insights listed from this so that you can help make an informed choice and decision as you journey onto this idea of having a healthier lifestyle. One of the things that made these these so-called diets successful, or at least in the top three, were that there was a sense of nutrition com- nutritional complete- completeness, meaning that there wasn't ever like a restriction on different food items. They were easy to adhere to, so there was none of this like going off and on, off and on. And if you were able to do it for the longer term, which most people could because they didn't feel restricted, then they were able to have potential long-term success in the sense that there was potential for weight loss, there was um, a reduction in chronic diseases. And so when you're thinking about your own life, trying to figure out that it's not just about weight loss, it's about what is going to help you for the long term so that you don't find yourself in this place where you are going on a diet, going off a diet, going on a diet, going off a diet. And there's lots of things out there that people say, um, oh my gosh, I made this lifestyle change and I feel so great. But if you ever find yourself in a place that you're saying, oh, I feel bad because I got off my plan, then as much as you don't think it's a diet, it's still a diet because you shouldn't have to feel like you're going off your lifestyle and getting back on. And so I wanted to dig into some of these meal patterns so that you can figure out what works for you. And at the end of this episode, we'll talk about some takeaways um, and really trying to figure out how to make informed choices that work for you because again, everybody is different. And so what works for Sally may not work for you too. The first one that that has been pretty popular and that comes up pretty often and is number one, usually most years, is the Mediterranean diet. And if, if when we talk about this, it's something that you want to explore more about. I did a full episode back 
in episode 105. And I will leave that in the show notes for you if you want a little bit more of some details about it. The Mediterranean diet is really popular because it has been renowned and known for its heart-healthy approach. And so because of that and its reduction in um, you know, cardiovascular disease, it tends to be diabetes-friendly, it promotes bone and joint health, it typically is number one most years. When we talk about the Mediterranean diet, we are talking about the way and the eating habits of people that live in the Mediterranean region. And so that could be any country in that area, including Greece, Turkey, Croatia, Turkey, Spain, Morocco. And the eating foods and patterns may be different for each country, but together they encompass some habits that we know have been shown to improve your overall health. The One of the things that really works with the Mediterranean diet is that there is a big diversity in foods that you can consume. So the majority of foods are going to be plant-based, so you're not in a place that you are cutting out carbohydrates, although the carbohydrates recommended in this approach are whole grains. So they're not going to be like your cookies and your chips. They're going to be whole grains. It's going to be beans and nuts. And you want to get some unsaturated fat from extra virgin olive oils. Um, You'll get some fatty fish in here and then also some avocados. You are... You are going to have a really wide range of food and a wide selection of food, which I think is why it works so well, is that because you have that that wide range of food, you're not going to be in a place that you are eliminating food groups. It tends to be nutritionally complete. And I think that it also helps um, have people have longevity on it because there's a lot of flavors and there's a lot of diversity in the foods that you can consume. Typically, you are going to fill your plate with a a wide range of foods. So you're going to have, again, like your fruits and your veggies and your whole grains. That's going to be a big bulk of it. For your proteins, you are going to get beans and nuts and legumes. And for your fats, you're going to have olive oils. You're also going to have herbs and spices daily. And you are going to have seafood at least twice a week, which is pretty in line with the American Heart Association recommendations if you live in the States. So you are having carbohydrates in the terms of your fruits, veggies, and whole grains. You're having protein in terms of your beans, nuts, legumes, seafood, poultry, and you're also going to have your fats in terms of olive oil. Um, You're going to be allowed to have some red meats and some yogurt. And so you're not giving up your, if you're following macros, you're having all your macronutrients, you're having your fats, your carbs, and your protein. Um, recommendation is too that you are allowed to have, when I say allowed to have, the recommendation on this side is that you can have poultry and eggs and cheese and yogurt. They're all part of this meal plan and way of eating in moderation. And that you're also having red meat and sweets on occasion. So you're not having lots of, it's not a very high fat 
in terms of red meat and sweets that tend to be very popular in the U.S., you're having them in moderation as opposed to every day. And then also in this meal plan, you can eat and you can have an, a glass of red wine. People that eat about 40% of their total calories in the form of carbohydrates um, and especially emphasizing plant-based protein and fat overall have a tendency to have a decreased risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And one of the things that is really beneficial to this way of eating is that you are having a very wide range of foods. They tend to be nutrient dense. And you're in terms of comparison to most Americanized diets, you're going to be eating healthy fats versus the unhealthy or saturated fats. And you're not, if you're eating this way, you're not having like the added sugars and the sodium that tend to be in some of the convenient food items that are um, readily available in the States. So you're still going to have, you know, sugar because you're eating yogurt and you're having your fruits, but you're going to have it in a way that is going to be and enhance your life in general. We know that people that regularly eat a Mediterranean way of, um, a way of, and, and a meal plan tend to have longer lifespans, They tend to have a higher quality of life and they are less likely to suffer from chronic diseases such as diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. And so why this way of eating tends to be number one is because it's easy to follow. You are able to do it for the short term. You're not having to count carbs or points or calories And one of the other things is that it tends to be really rich in high fiber foods. So if you're eating your fruits and your veggies and your whole grains and your beans and your legumes, they're all high fiber foods. And so how that helps you is if you are somebody who is focused on your your health in general and your reduction in diseases, it helps there. But it also helps in terms of your gut microbiome, which we've talked about before. And so if you're able to get your enough fiber, we know that that's what your gut likes and it helps keep your gut nice and healthy. And what also helps your gut is that there's a lot of diversity. And so you're not sticking to the same food. You're going to have more diversity in terms of the different food groups and the herbs and the spices. And that also will help your GI tract. Um, There is no foods that are off limits. And we know that there's proven health benefits to it. And so it's great, right? Like you're eating different things. You're getting all your macronutrients. You will hopefully not feel hungry because you're having your fiber. Um, You are also having fat, all the things that you would normally eliminate and that would make you feel hungry. And in terms of weight loss, I, I think it really depends on what your, what food you're eating. But I think the goal here is that you don't feel like you're limited, that you're going to feel full, so you're not going to eat as much. But we also know that if you really are trying to lose weight 
adding exercise to eating this Mediterranean lifestyle will also help you not only adhere to your diet, but we're also going to help you maintain this way of eating. And so some of the studies about the long-term weight loss with Mediterranean diets um, are really promising in terms of long-term weight loss. So I think when you're going to eat this way, it's not that you're really doing it for weight loss, but probably the focus is more on that you're eating things that are good for your body, that you're not focused on the scale, that you're not focused on eliminating things that you like, and that hopefully in the long term, you're more likely to eat these things. And I suspect that because you're able to do it for a longer period of time and you're not going on and off of it, you will probably lose weight. So that's the Mediterranean diet. Um, the next one that we're going to talk about is the DASH diet. And I, I might've done a podcast episode on this as well. The DASH diet was essentially made. And one of the reasons why it was put together was a way that it could lower your blood pressure. So if you're somebody that struggles with hypertension, the DASH diet has seen great results with reduction of blood, of, um, blood pressure. And overall health, I mean, even if you don't have high blood pressure, it's been shown to have an improvement in your overall health. And that's because it's very much like, it has a lot of similarities with a Mediterranean diet in the sense that you're eating veggies and fruit. Um, the DASH diet, it's, you know, DASH stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. So it's made to help reduce your risk of high blood pressure. And it's, that's what the recommendation is. That's why it was made was to help um, prevent high blood pressure. And so how it does that, how it helps your blood pressure is that it increases your intake of fiber and heart healthy, heart healthy minerals. And some of the things that has been shown to help reduce your blood, your blood pressure was specifically in this diet was um, nuts. So this diet is focused on unsalted nuts and the increase of calcium, potassium, and magnesium that come from those nuts and overall decreasing the amount of sodium so that your blood pressure can be better controlled. The DASH diet is similar to the Mediterranean way of eating and the Mediterranean pattern of eating, but it gives you more concrete recommendations on the type of foods that you're able to consume. So the DASH diet has an emphasis on fruits and veggies and whole grains. It has lean proteins and low-fat dairy. The one thing, again, is that you're going to have nuts in it. And in the DASH diet, if you were to put it in your internet browser, there is a certain amount of um, of nuts that are recommended and unsalted nuts that are recommended and different kinds of nuts. And so if you are interested in doing that, you can certainly, you know, search for that. The one of the one of the ways also that it's like the Mediterranean diet is that you're limiting foods that have added sugar and those that have high saturated fat. So the emphasis is going to be on you can have dairy, but it's more a low-fat dairy. If you're eating protein-rich foods that have that are high in fat, like meats and cheeses, 
typically you're going to have you're going to probably do ones that are going to be lower in fat content so you're not going to have the fatty meats you're going to have leaner meats as your protein source and your oils aren't going to be your um your saturated fat oils like your palm and coconut oil they're going to be more focused on your olive oils and things that are going to be lower in saturated fat the dash diet the most important part of the dash diet is it's your sodium content that you take per day which is going to help lower your blood pressure and so the dash diet again there's a meal plan and it caps out your sodium intake of how many milligrams of sodium you're doing per day at about 2300 milligrams um which will help which does help in terms of decreasing your blood pressure so it tends to be very high it tends to be more like plant-based foods less packaged foods really not a lot of salt because all of those things are going to help decrease your risk of um, increasing your blood pressure the goal here is that you're really just going to fill up on fruits and veggies and whole grains and that you can have um and moderate amounts of fat-free or low-fat dairy products, fish, poultry, beans, and nuts. And so in terms of weight loss, it really just depends on how many calories on the DASH diet that you're consuming that will, I guess, let you know how much weight you're going to achieve. But one of the things I think is why this eating plan is is so successful is that you're removing a lot of the processed sugary salty and high fat foods that are going to contribute to diseases and also you are going to get a wide variety and diverse amount of foods you don't really have to take anything out you're going to do things that are in moderation and by following this way of eating you're going to be changing anything that's going to increase your risk of chronic disease so that tends to be like one of the the pros of it or why it is ranking as number two is that it has proven health benefits in the sense that it's reducing your risk of high blood pressure there's a diverse variety of foods and flavors it tends to be nutritionally sound you're not eliminating any food groups from it because you're having fruits veggies and whole grains as the foundation which in all of the top three I want to note that that's the big thing is that you're doing fruits, veggies, whole grains, you're doing nuts and beans, you're eating very plant-based, but you're not eliminating anything. And it's very high in fiber. And so all of those things in general will help not just reduce your risk of um, high blood pressure, but reduce your risk of diseases in general. The third diet that has been ranked by us news and world report is the mind diet and so the mind diet is really interesting in the sense that it's a combination of the mediterranean diet and the dash diet and both of those have been proven to be successful in terms of in you know increasing your risk of health improving your health benefits but also decreasing your risk of chronic disease and so they are also one and two we've just talked about them and so the mind diet is a way that or how, why it was developed was more of a way to reduce your risk of um, alzheimer's or dementia 
And so the mind diet is basically this way that people are eating to try to prevent any kind of neurodegenerative changes that are happening in your brain. And so it really is zeroing in on the foods that are going to improve your brain health and hopefully help lower your risk of mental decline, especially as you age. And so that's one of the really great benefits if you're somebody who is at risk for some kind of um, dementia or if you have a family history and you're worried about it, the Mind Diet kind of came into play for that. The Mind Diet was developed by Martha Claire Morris and she was a nutritional epidemiologist at Rush University Medical Center. And so the study originally came as it was studied in 2015. And what the observational study from people that ate this way is that they had a 53% lower risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And they also connected this mind diet to other positive cognitive improvements. And so the emphasis on the mind diet is really on eating things that have healthy fats in them. So you're not eliminating fats, you're just changing your fats that you're consuming from saturated fats in full fat dairy and fatty meats and your fast food and your probably your sweets are going to be the big ones like your donuts and your cookies. And what you're doing is, is you're changing that and you're consuming healthy fat. So you're having fat from fish and olive oil and nuts. They think that there is this way that those brain healthy foods are essentially helping maintain brain cells and their connectivity. So they think there's a connection with brain cell connectivity. One of the things that the MIND diet emphasizes is eating less bad fat and sugar. And we think, or what the diet thinks is that if you're eating a lot of bad fat and sugar in terms of, again, probably your processed food, your um, any man-made food or fast food, that what that is doing, because you're decreasing those foods, you're going to have less inflammation and um, fat plaques that are going to be in your brain and that ends up being the hallmark of any kind of like cognitive decline. In addition to focusing on these brain healthy foods, right? So your fish or olive oil and nuts, you're also avoiding foods that are unhealthy for your brain. And so it's kind of working in both ways. You're increasing your healthy fats, you're decreasing your unhealthy fats. Um, it's also possible that you can lose weight on the mind diet And, you know, there's not really studies that are like, hey, how much weight can you lose? There's a really small study. I think it was like a 2020 study that found that in general, people that followed the mind diet had general, less general obesity on average. And so there is something to it. But I think really you're focusing on the meal pattern that's going to provide greater health in terms of brain health, because you're going to focus on things that are going to help with brain health and decrease your risk of things that aren't, that are going to cause more inflammation and more plaques in your brain. And so that is the mind diet. It is again, a combination of your Mediterranean and your DASH diet with the focus on healthy fats. You're also going to be eating leafy greens, nuts and berries, 
all the things that are going to prevent you from developing a progressive brain um, disorder. So that's your three, your top three. They're all, there's no calorie reduction. There is basically just this pattern of eating that all focus on eating plant-based, being able to have healthy fats, um, having lean protein. So all of them are based on not reducing anything in terms of carbs or fat or protein. They're all nutritionally diverse. They're high in fiber. They tend to be something that you can do for the long term because you're not going on and off of it. And we know overall for all of those, they help with some kind of chronic reduction in disease. Now we're going to talk briefly about four, five, and six too, but I want you to know that these are going to be more um, calorie based. So the number four diet is the Mayo Clinic diet. And that's basically this, it comes from Mayo Clinic, so it tends to be evidence-based. It's based on behavior changes that you're doing over a 12-week um, over a 12-week time period to help establish healthy habits that you can do for life. So it tends to be evidence-based, um, based on behaviors. There are there are two phases of this mayo diet, which was ranked number four. The first one is the lose it phase, where the program is focusing on lifestyle habits that contribute to your overall weight loss. You are going to be learning and adopting healthy habits um, and breaking other unhealthy habits. And then there's a second phase called live it, where you are learning about food choices that are considered smart. You're learning portion sizes, meal prepping, physical activity, and you're really in this place that you're committing to a healthier habit for life. And you are, so that's what you're basically going to learn, these like healthy ways of eating and then how to increase physical activity so that you can maintain this forever. Membership is... Usually, the longer you do it, the cheaper it is. So at this point in time, monthly membership is $49.99 per month. If you do it for three months, it's cheaper. Six months, it's even cheaper. And then 12 months, it's way cheaper. One of the benefits of this program is that, the, again, it's nutritionally sound. You're not really eliminating things. Um, you are going to focus on probably fruits and veggies and whole grains and beans, which is also going to be um, filling. There is a very clear defined plan with recipes and you're going to have coaching and group support available. But one of the things, the top three ways of eating is it's free, right? This program is not free, but it's going to be much more detail oriented about how you need to follow it where the other three are just kind of like vague, but you're not, nothing's really off limits. And there's a way that you can eat so that you don't feel like you have to, um, you know, go off and on it. One of the other things is that it's still a diet, right? So you are potentially, depending on what it is you're consuming at risk for also being hungry. So that's just something to think about the fifth. So, cause we're going to cover the top five, the Fifth diet plan is the flexitarian diet. So the flexitarian diet is just uh, a type of vegetarian diet. So it's basically like you're semi-vegetarian. You don't have to be completely meat-free. 
um, but you're going to get the health benefits associated with vegetarianism because you're not eating meat that often. You can have meat or most people on this meal plan have meat sometimes so that if it's a special occasion and you want meatballs or burgers or steaks, then you're consuming it. You're basically focusing on your proteins instead of being on meat products or focused on your non-meat products like your peas, your beans, your eggs. With all the other things we've talked about, the other diets or meal plans, you are eating fruits and veggies and whole grains and dairy and any seasonings. Um, If you are craving meat, you are... um, kind of encouraged to do plant-based meat alternatives such as veggie burgers. But again, I think it's, there is a health benefit to it because you can eat more plants and yet you can be flexible that you don't have to commit to eating plant-based foods all the time. That if you want something, it's not off limits to you that you can have it and you don't have to be strict about it. So one of the things that I think people like about this way of eating is that it can be very flexible and that it is a lifestyle and not a traditional diet. And then lastly, because we haven't covered any of the weight loss ones that we hear about all over the news, um, Weight Watchers did come in as number six. And I know if I know most of you have done Weight Watchers. I've done Weight Watchers before. Um, and so you all know what it is about. So Weight Watchers ranked number six. Um, why? It was because it was known for its personalized approach and that overall there was some flexibility and focus on your overall well-being. Depending on when you've done Weight Watchers, there tends to be a point system um, and you have to consume foods that are within your allotted points for the day. I think Weight Watchers also does now things that if you're on any of the semaglutides or any of the GLP-1s, it also works with you to enhance your weight loss. Um, But again, I think Weight Watchers is helpful in the sense that it can give you recommendations based on what your weight is, what your health is, what um, what your age is. And it does that by giving you custom amount of points that you can consume per day. Now, one of the things that I always complain about with Weight Watchers is that, sure, there's an emphasis on things that are like, that are more in line with your points, but that also you can be eating really shitty and still make your points. So I'm not really sure if it's really teaching you long-term in terms of, um, how to reduce your risk of diseases because everything is focused on keeping within your points. And so one of the things that I think is important in terms of, you know, how you're eating is not that you're focused on calories, but that you're focused on the nutrition composition of the foods that you're eating and that you're working with something that can be really flexible for your lifestyle. And that's not really taking out things that you could potentially really like eating. And so Weight Watchers, I think, you know, if you like any of these things, if you've lost weight on them before, you're going to swear by them. Um, as a dietitian, I always think about like, you know, what is it doing? Like if you're only able to do Weight Watchers for three months or a year and you can't maintain that in the long term, trying to figure out with anything that you've done in the past, what worked for you about it and what didn't. And I think what works for Weight Watchers is that there's a community support, which is really helpful. Um, there is 
an app that kind of guides you along to what you can eat. So you are on top of in terms of like targeting and having an understanding of what it is that you're putting in your mouth. But one of the downsides is, is that it's not really focusing on, um, your nutrient, your nutrition in general. The other diets that are out there, I want to kind of tell you where they ranked. Um, the Jenny, okay, wait, let me start. So let me just review really fast the top, what do we do? The top six. So the first one was Mediterranean. The second was Dash. The third was the Mind Diet. The four was the Mayo Clinic Diet. The fifth was the Flexitarian Diet. The sixth was Weight Watchers. Noom came up number 14. Jenny Craig came up as number 18. Paleo came up as number 20. Nutrisystem, 22. Keto, 25. And Atkins, number 26. And the reasons why those diets came up further down on the list was that typically they tended to have more rules and it was felt that the more rules that you have, the less flexible it was and the less, because of that decrease in flexibility, the less effective those diets were for the long term. So in the short term, it might work. But then you would have to probably make some kind of adjustment therein after the short-term weight loss so that you can maintain it for the long-term. Those diets tended to be more time-consuming. They tended to have less flexibility. So if you're someone who is finding yourself that you're eating out more often, it was harder to do those. Um, You may be more likely to get hungry because you're eating less. And more importantly is that depending on what it is that you choose to do and how long you stay on them, they could potentially be unsafe or that you could potentially fall short on some kind of nutrition. And I think it's really important to note that if you have a history of eating disorders, you don't probably want to be in a place that you're dieting at all and that following a pattern of eating where you're emphasizing most foods and especially foods that are going to be Um, that give you more diverse nutrition are probably going to be things that are going to help with that. So the key takeaways, and I think the most important part of this episode, is that there needs to be an individualized approach in how you decide what you're going to do in terms of the way that you decide that you want to eat. We know that you're going to be more successful if you're able to align how you eat with your preferences, your goals, your lifestyle, your culture, your values. All of those things are going to be really important and they differ wildly from individual to individual. So what works for one person probably isn't going to work for somebody else. And You all have different disease states, so there may be things that you can't eat that might be on another meal plan, or maybe you're trying to reduce your risk of certain diseases, so you are trying to eat in a certain way, and you're trying to figure out how to modify that. And so just knowing that there is no magic bullet in terms of what diet works, there is not a one-size system that fits all you tend to have way less food options if you are actually following a diet, which is why eating in a different meal pattern is helpful because you don't have to eliminate um, lots of foods. And then also you're not stuck with foods that you may not 
really even like or enjoy that may be part of a more structured way of eating. Um, you, I think that, you know, one of the good things about all of this is knowing that you need to have protein, carbs, and fat. They all help um, in terms of depending on where you are, if you're um, still producing babies, if you're perimenopausal, if you're postmenopausal, you're going to need different things at different parts of your life. And so perhaps maybe you've done diets before and they worked, but then all of a sudden as you got older, they weren't the same or they didn't have the same effectiveness. And that may be because you are eliminating either proteins, carbs, or fat, which are necessary to help with the different hormones that are in your body that are going to signal hunger and satiety. And so if you're missing out on these components, you may feel like you're physically full for a little bit, but then in the longer term, it's not going to be enough to sustain you. And just in general, like as you get older, there may be more diseases that you have or that you're worried about. And so you're not going to want to like maybe eliminate some of the foods that, you know, that you could potentially have if you're, that you potentially can't have if you're on a diet. So, you know, again, if you're somebody who's worried about your brain health, then you're going to want to eat things that are really fatty. And if you're doing some of those other diets, they may not be recommended because of the higher calories. So it's really just kind of putting the focus on the nutrition in terms of um, the way that you're eating and the foods that you're consuming versus the calories, which is, I know it's, it's a whole different way of thinking. The second takeaway is that all of the top three have kind of the same things in common is that they are nutrient dense, they are not eliminating any foods, the prioritization in terms of what to eat tends to be fruits and veggies and whole grains, they are the cornerstone of all that. You're also having protein sources, whether you decide to do vegetarian, um, meat, or plant-based. And you're also wanting to make sure that you're having your, um, your fats as opposed to your saturated fats from man-made items. The other thing is the other takeaway, one of the other takeaways is that you're really trying to figure out what you can do and sustain for the long term so that you can do something in the short term, maybe you lose weight, but then you put it back on. You want to start thinking about a sustainable changes that you can make in the way that you're eating that can aid in long-term success. And one of the things that the top three diets do is that they offer health benefits, but they're realistic and they're sustainable and you're able to have consistency and all of that helps promote adherence for the long-term. The fourth takeaway here is having flexibility in how you're eating. So if you're on considered a quote-unquote diet, you're going to have way less flexibility. You aren't going to, nothing is going to be taken into consideration for what it is that you particularly prefer in terms of food. And there's going to be much less flexibility. So, you know, in terms of eating, why the top three work pretty well is that there is flexibility and you're able to adapt and you don't have to over-restrict. But I think no matter what you do, the bigger thing here is, and the last takeaway is that you have a plan, that you're not just figuring it out as you go, that you are trying to figure out like what works for you 
and then pivoting and trying to figure out how to make that work for you, how to make it easy for yourself. If you have and you follow something where you have a lot of rules or you have certain foods that you can eat, it makes it less likely that you're going to be able to do it every day because God forbid you have a day where it's a harder day. Now you're trying to figure out how to how to partake in and keep yourself within the limits of whatever that diet is. So if you are able to have a lot, a wide variety of options, you're going to make it a lot easier for yourself. And then thirdly here is that you're going to have more success if you have a community and support of, with other people around you. So, you know, looking for people who have the, kind of the same goals in mind as you that are going to want to kind of eat the way that you eat is going to probably be a way that you're going to find more um, support and that you're going to be able to maintain that for the long run. So in conclusion, all of these things are listed in terms of these diets. And the key here is really just figuring out an eating pattern that works for you. And that's going to lie in your unique needs, your preferences, your lifestyle. You are going to be somebody who might really like the simplicity of eating Mediterranean. You may be somebody who really prefers a plant-based diet, but maybe you're somebody who likes to add um, meat into what you're eating. Or maybe you're somebody who wants the support of a meal plan. So really the best way of eating is the one that aligns with your goals and that you feel like you can sustain for the long term and that you are able to make choices that you are able to decrease your risk of diseases and to enhance your overall quality of life. So I hope that helps and please if you have any feedback hit me up on, um, on Instagram at whole health and power and just kind of let me know what you're thinking. And, you know, I, I, I'm always interested in hearing what all you guys think about this, but that's my takeaway from all of these, from this newest report from the U S news and world report diets. I hope you have a great weekend and thanks so much for listening.